that's, I think, going to be the next generation of biometric or biomarker systems. It's integration of multiple biomarkers to manage yourself better, right? It's heartbeat, it's blood ox, it's your glucose levels. It'll be a few of these things coming together to say, all right, here's the triangulation of where you are. And by the way, here's some recommendations that are personalized to you. That, everyone, is Harry Glorickian. He's a global business expert with more than three decades of experience building successful ventures all over the world. He's well known for his achievements in life sciences, healthcare, diagnostics, healthcare, and the convergence of these areas. He's the kind of guy that's on the cutting edge of how AI and how health technology is actually helping improve the health of people from all over the world. In this episode, we talk about uh, an accessible guide for how we can understand how AI can help you improve your health. We talk about the balance between digital health with natural health. We also talk about why you should understand the technology that's available to you, especially when you're in the hospital. Now, this is really important. You have to know the questions to ask. If you're there in the hospital with a loved one who's really sick, you gotta know which questions to ask, how you can be tracking some of this tech and be your own advocate when you're in a hospital setting. We also talked about how COVID influenced, how it expedited the process of innovation within healthcare. We talked about how AI will eventually be able to predict types of cancers. We talked specifically about how AI can help you optimize your health right now. This is fascinating, cutting-edge stuff, and this is the future of medicine, and this is also, also the future of health optimization before you have to go to the doctors. I know you're going to love this episode. You can find me on Instagram at McCormick or at seanmccormick.com. Let's dig right in with Harry Glorickian. Welcome, everyone. To the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. And we're here with Harry Glorickian. He's a venture investor, an author, and a podcaster. Harry, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I want to cut right to it because we got to grab people's attention and get them on board. How does AI make us healthier? Uh, there's a, the whole number of ways. I mean, if you start from inside of a hospital on how it can help a uh, you know physician see something in an x-ray or a CT scan much faster or highlight something for them to pay attention to, it means your treatment may come out more positively or identify something that hadn't been seen before to you know, the wearables or apps you may use that may highlight either uh, a disease coming on, on that you know, it's done for me uh, to just helping optimize things like your sleep, um, understanding what different types of food affect your glucose levels. And so optimize your performance uh, to maybe nudge you to just, you know, get that workout in or push a little bit harder during that workout. These technologies have a way of seeing how you're doing and measuring multiple, you know, biomarkers that are being measured and then give you that information back to take that next step. Awesome. That was a chat. I mean, it was, a, it was a challenging first question to say, Hey, lay it all out, but you did, you did wonderfully. 
you know, I couldn't help but notice I'm trying to count the number of, uh, of, of health trackers you're wearing right now. And I, I thought I saw an aura ring and I thought I saw, uh, an Apple watch. Is that a Fitbit on the other one or whoop strap? And then are you also wearing, uh, a CGM? Yes. It's oh under here. <laughs> well, you can't write about them and talk about them if you don't understand how they work, what they're doing, how they're communicating with you, which ones are, you know, wonky on the data, which ones make it elegant to understand what's going on. And so I'm constantly, you know, utilizing and I have over here, I have, uh, you know, the wireless blood pressure cuff. And then somewhere on the desk here is, a, you know, a cardia, um, you know, e uh, ECG that you uh -huh. can use. So, you know, understanding these things, understanding how they, how my body is working, but also being able to explain it to someone else in this really simple way so that they aren't nervous about it and they embrace it so that it can make a difference in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to what to do with the data because I, as a, as a life coach and performance coach, you know, it's cool. So you had 7,000 steps today cool. So your, <laughs> you know, your, your blood spiked when you had uh, a piece of cake, your blood sugar, your went up when you had a piece of cake. Cool. So I, I want to, I want to take that a little bit further down the road in a minute on, on how that leads to sort of behavioral change. Um, but, but I did notice that you mentioned that you had, you had a device that actually predicted or helped you think prevent an illness. Can you walk us through your, your you know, if you if you sort of look through the news, you can see dozens of other examples of the Apple Watch or you know one of the other devices uh, highlighting a, a medical problem for someone before they then they didn't even know that it was going on. Um, and so I think these systems uh, and like that word dashboard, I like it because this is the way that medicine is heading. It's custom actionable. So the idea of having a dashboard, whether it's through the four, the four wearables that you have now, or maybe there's through one or two that, that some, a range of biomarkers and being able to say, okay, well, this one based on just five minutes on the internet, I can tell that this one isn't quite right. Maybe this one's a little off. You know, I want to, I want to kind of define some terms, predictive analytics, can you unpack predictive analytics? Predictive, you know, is supposed to mean, although it's, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I fight with people on, uh, depending on the product I'm, I'm looking at, is being able to tell you where something is going or will be. Um, you know, a lot of these things, it's tough to be truly predictive. Um, although some of the algorithms in uh, the intensive care units are pretty good at showing you know, that person in bed number three, you should pay attention to them because all of our indicators are showing that in the next couple of days, something bad is going to happen. You may want to think about adjusting how you're managing them. Hmm. Um, so if you have enough biomarkers, you can sort of get a much better feel for it. One biomarker alone can get you part of the way there. It may not be 100% of the way there, but um, you are seeing that these because there's so much data we're gathering from these technologies that over time we're getting better at better at um, making them better predictors or indicators of 
where things are headed or where they might end up next. Hmm. Yeah. Is there, is there an example of predictive analytics within um, sort of consumer products or com- consumer platforms that people use now? Um, well, if you look at like the CGM that I'm wearing, right, what, what the system uh, does is uh, you wear it for uh, two weeks and then you put on a new patch and you wear it for another two weeks and you log your food and then you, you, know, you get your measurements. And what happens is the AI system starts to understand well, this type of food caused this and that type of food caused that. So when you enter it, even when you're not wearing the device, the the algorithm will then come back and say, ah, it's going to look like this, Mm -hmm. right? You know, it it learns of what you eat and how that's going to affect you if it has enough data on that. Yeah, we've we've had Casey Means and Josh Clement from Levels on the podcast. Me and the mouse in my pocket have had them on the podcast. to talk about it. In my opinion, CGMs are probably the most important health tracking devices available on the market. And I realized, I mean, last time I checked, there was like a 60,000 person waiting list to, to, to get one. I think that that points to an issue with metabolic health. I think that that points to, um, in metabolic health as a uh, as a as a health issue is um, a, a predictor, a precursor to so many other dysfunctions. Um, so, in my opinion, I think the CGM is probably the most the most important piece um, of, of of health tracking device. Do Do you agree with me, or do you have one other? Do you have something else that you think is uh, even more special? No, I mean, look. So, I I look at this as sort of like if if you're super young. Right. I look at these things as sort of keeping you healthier. I see when you get to middle age, I think it's a way to potentially push off disease. And then if you have a chronic disease, these, these technologies allow you to manage it better because you're getting a, a, a data stream that you can sort of see what's going on. Right. So things like sleep. I mean, I, you know, when I was younger, I could sleep and bounce back and it, you know, it wouldn't be a big deal. Right. You'd stay up all night <laughs> and you'd be fine the next day. Right. I can't do that anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So for me right now, optimizing sleep, I have figured that out as I have energy all day long, my head is clear and I'm functioning. And if I optimize my sleep, all the other functions in my body seem to fall into line too. So I would say that, yeah, metabolic function is, is very important. It's important to understand. But if your sleep is screwed up, you can try and manage your metabolic function. It's, it may not cooperate with you as much as you like. So each one of these is, if you think about the body, it's not, it's a system made up of multiple pieces. And mm. so optimizing, you've got to sort of look at multiple pieces if you want the best outcome. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. A quick interruption to thank one of our sponsors and then right back into this episode. This episode is brought to you by the X3 bar. When it comes to hacking your fitness, your strength, we know that lean muscle mass is one of the greatest indicators for longevity. You got to build lean muscle and keep it if you want to live a long time. And the best, most effective, most efficient way to do that is through the X3 bar. 10 minute workouts, six days a week. It's hard, it's fun, and it does the job. I have seen literally hundreds of testimonials from listeners of this podcast and users of the X3 bar system who have dramatically transformed their physique. 
and there is no quicker way to do it. You can get $50 off the X3 bar system if you go to x3bar.com and use the code OPP at checkout. 50 bucks off. It will be the last piece of exercise equipment you will ever use. And all you have to do is follow the protocol. Get enough protein, do variable resistance training with the X3 bar, and you will get fitter. That's how it works. Again, go to x3bar.com and use the code OPP for $50 off and thank me later. Okay, back to the episode. What do you think is the most reliable? Because sleep's tricky, right? Like how much can your heart rate tell you about, you know, whether or not you get an hour of deep sleep or not? You know, a friend of mine is, uh, you know, former ER doctor. Um, he's like, there really isn't that. There's really, we need more. We need a, we need better tech for sleep monitoring. Um, in your opinion, what's the most effective device for, uh, for sleep monitoring? So he's right in the sense of having any one of these devices truly tell you you're in deep sleep. Yeah, yeah, okay. But, you know, my, my discussion with sleep doctors is, but directionally it's correct. And they all say, yes, directionally it is, it'll give you an indication of how you're doing. And so, um, I mean, I use auto sleep and I think I just stick with it because it's the one that I've had the longest. Um, it is funny though, right? The aura ring, the whoop band and, and auto sleep don't always correlate on how the algorithm is calculating deep sleep versus light sleep versus yeah. whatever. I will tell you though, on HRV though, they all tell me your HRV is totally wrong, right? You're the, it's, it's too short. You're not getting enough rest. Something's off. Huh. Um, the numbers, the numbers are, you know, at least at the, at the very baseline to have some awareness of what's going on in your sleep. If you're just getting two minutes of deep sleep a night consistently, so you can make some, make some adjustments, adjustments and do some, you know, some of the myriad biohacks that what's your goal with the book uh the future you what, what are you hoping to achieve with it so uh, you know i i tried to write this at the most accessible level so anybody can read it and take something away from it and incorporate it into their life to improve their own health and wellness or maybe the health and wellness of you know their loved ones right and the biggest i think reward i've been getting is people either emailing or reviewing the book saying, I made a, a change and it's making a difference. Mm. And that, I mean, I can't do much more than that, right? You, yeah. you want the ripples to, to go out and, and sort of impact people's lives. And I think people don't fully appreciate like how big of an impact these things can have on your health, wellness, or optimize your performance because you know, if you want to do well at work or be competitive or whatever, like sleeping and optimizing, you know, your brain is, you know, at, the, at you know, where you should be spending the majority of your time. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. Well, it, based on the reviews, it, it seems as though it hit the mark. You know, if you obviously immediately I go to, to Amazon and see what people are saying about the book. And that's what everybody says is that it's really accessible. It lays it out, you know, gives, gives everybody a, a really good idea of, of how AI is helping in the, and, and, and just like you said, in the very beginning, it's all the way from like emergency rooms, you know, down to health metric devices, the, and wearables. What are you excited for, for the future? Like, where does, where does this go in five or 10 years? Oh, there's so many plans. <laughs> <laughs> we could spend hours talking about this, right? I mean, 
I see everything from, you know, drug discovery and drug development moving much, much faster, much more targeted products to help people or like the pandemic. And there's a whole chapter on that in the book of we're, we're good. I mean, we're going to get better, but we're amazing nine months that we got out of vaccine. There's going to be everything from um, how you get managed in a hospital and how they're able to diagnose you and then give you the right therapy that's tailored to the disease that you have or the, you know, God forbid, if you have cancer, attacks the, that particular type of cancer as opposed to sort of the way that we've have done it historically, which is more of like, well, we give this to people and it works on 30% of the people, right? Mm-hmm. It, the, per, the percentage chance of it working will be much higher if they say genomically sequence the, the tumor so that they can target it better. Yeah. To, you know, the information that you can get at home to manage yourself better. So if you have a few of these devices and can sort of measure yourself, even if it's just once a month or, you know, a couple times a month, now when you go to your physician, you can give them more of a longitudinal view or that information may already be ported to your physician and they can sort of be watching in the background or an AI system can sort of highlight when things are out of the norm and alert you ahead of time. But I just see it. It's going to be a lot easier. I mean, our kids are going to laugh mm-hmm. that like, wait, you didn't see something going off and you couldn't course correct, or mm-hmm. you couldn't see the disease earlier. And you actually, you actually had to deal with stage four cancer. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I think it's, it, it will go in the next 10 to 20 years, assuming people don't <laughs> get in the way of this really getting out there. In your experience and how you think about, because what you said kind of was a light bulb moment, right? The the data that you're collecting, more intricate diagnosis, more specified. Are doctors on the whole keeping up with this? Are they understanding the power of this and and, and catering uh, treatment and prescriptions accordingly? Uh, that is a loaded question. So I have physicians that will tell me, Dude, what are you talking about? Like, I can barely keep my, you know, my diabetic patients, you know, sort of in line. And you're talking about all this stuff. Mm. Um, to, you know, institutions where, you know, if you have a tumor, they'll genomically sequence it and, you know, they'll look for the right treatment that aligns and, you know, stuff. So it's all over the place. Um, it's also because the medical system right now is between two worlds of payment. One is sort of pay me for everything I do, which is the old system. Mm -hmm. And the other under the Affordable Care Act is more pay for outcomes. Yeah. Well, when you pay for outcomes, right, uh, you have to measure everything and understand how well you're doing. And you have to go, you know, you have to move towards a positive outcome, pay for everything that you do, man, that's a great life. Like no matter what you do, you get paid. So They're between two worlds right now. And I think what we need to see is Medicare and Medicaid continue to move towards pay for outcomes. And you'll see more and more of this technology get integrated into medicine. Hmm. There's also a different thing happening. And it's mainly COVID really pushed it is new business models are starting to emerge because of 
CVS and Walgreens and these guys starting to adopt all these technological capabilities. So you're, you're start to see more capabilities of what's being offered to people outside of the ivory towers of the traditional medical establishment. Hmm. Yeah, well, I have to assume that medical technology continues to advance, that it's going to take some time for for doctors, because it's still so new, we're so early in this process, right? We didn't have a cell phone when I was a kid, you know, and, and I'm the last one, I'm the last, you know, I'm about the oldest millennial out there. Um, and, and so technology, like that we just sort of take for granted now, it's going to take some time to catch up with sort of standard of care, allopathic um, uh, medical services. Um, what about within healthcare? I'm sorry, what about within like employee uh, health plans? Do, do you know anything about, are there innovations happening with AI? Are they using tools themselves? Uh, I, you know, uh, um, what I have seen in that are, are things like, you know, if, if you um, want an Apple watch, we either give it to you, we'll give it to you at a discount. And then if you walk, you know, 10,000 steps, we'll, discount like your premiums and stuff like there are things like that happening Mm -hmm. but not from a gather the data and help the person manage them so i haven't seen that if it's happening i'm unaware of it uh but you know it's funny i always tell people like if you're not keeping up with it somebody else is gonna surpass you and if you look at the old model there was no way to surpass the status quo Mm -hmm. like the the, the gates around it were just too high. Well, not so much anymore, right? Technology is sort of lowering that barrier, allowing new groups to come in that are making things possible, right? Whether it's getting information from an EMR and you know putting it in one system so that you can see one view of yourself independent of the number of providers you have. Before, I mean, if you wanted to take your blood pressure, yeah, you had to go somewhere to get your blood pressure. Oh, and now I can just push a button and it's fully automated, right? ECG, oh, forget about it. I mean, you know, they they wire me up, and then when they pull it off, they're pulling half my hair off with the electrodes. And now I put four, you know, two fingers on each side, and I get a you know six parameter ECG of my heart, mm. and then an AI system reads it. And I'm not going back that far. I'm going back five years. So in the next five years, if technology continues to advance at the rate that it is, I think we could see some very different models emerging. Um, You know, if you look at some of the companies I've helped start, one of them is like, you know, sort of tracking 4 million patients on a daily basis, heartbeat, and all sorts of other information. You can imagine that your analytics that you can do when you've got that sort of population, you can do some really interesting um, research projects to be able to see things that you may not have seen before. Yeah, that the, that sort of population level data stuff is is super fascinating. If we know that postmenopausal women who uh, uh, you know who have obesity tend to have this thing happen, and we can kind of predict and say, okay, well, this this thing might be on its way. 
what sort of preventative measures can can we collaborate to help that that woman with? One thing that I've learned, and I've been in the biohacking space for you know eight, 10 years and started wellness centers and, and coached really high level C class individuals and pro athletes and so forth. And what I've found is is increasingly the case is that people are really empowered now to take their health into their own hands. And, you know, allopathic medicine is great for, for, for acute trauma and bone breaking and, and, and cardiac events, but it's not so great at helping people optimize their health. It's not help. It's not as helpful at getting people healthier. It's there as a bandaid and what's happening through wearables, through the fact that you can spend a couple hundred bucks and get a full hormone panel with suggestions and prescriptions for, uh, for treatments. You know, you can do all your blood work through inside tracker and understand exactly where you are. There's just so many more options now and, and people are really investing their time and their money to empower themselves to understand what's going on inside their body and their own data. And when that happens, if there are systems integrated into healthcare and health optimization, products, services, testing, all that stuff, and it's integrated more tightly where data can be shared across those platforms that you're paying out of pocket for. Man, I just think that it's, I think you're right. I think, you know, 10, 10 or 15 years from now, uh, they're going to be shocked that we were so disjointed, you know, in 2022. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you think about it, if you had the information regularly and you had it integrated into a way to look at it together and there was a, you know, AI system that sort of said, okay, for you, here are the optimal levels, right? You sort of get a better idea of how to, I mean, it could be the simple visual, right? Like the ball in the center of the circle, like just make sure the ball stays in the center of the circle. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know all the other, you know, minute details if, if you're not interested in knowing. Um, and that's, I think, going to be the next generation of where we're seeing these biometric or, uh, you know, biomarker systems going where it's integration of multiple biomarkers to manage yourself better, right? It's heartbeat, it's blood ox, it's, you know, your glucose levels. It'll be a few of these things coming together to say, all right, here's the triangulation of, right, where you are. And by the way, here's some recommendations that are personalized to you Mm. that how, how can you sort of move towards the middle? I mean, for instance, my uh, eight sleep bed, right? asks me in the morning, hey, uh, how'd you sleep? Was the temperature right at, e- at these phases of the night or did it wake you up or whatever? And sort of, it learns as I'm responding and then it adjusts accordingly until it figures out what works for me hmm. and what works for me doesn't work for my wife, right? So her settings are gonna be different than my settings. Mm-hmm. I just think, think back, you know, my, my grandmother, who's almost 90, you know, she's benefited tremendously from my biohacking experience, uh, product suggestions, you know, happy, the happy band to improve, you know, her emotional state in the evening time to help her sleep uh, is just one, one example. It's tough to keep up with. And to think that there would be a bed that you can sleep in with your spouse that will actually 
adjust a temp- temperature and all these variables to help you sleep better. That, that mean, just would have blown her mind. And now it's, now it's here. It's really exciting. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I talk about it in the book. I'm like, so imagine if your bed can talk to your thermostat, you know, that looking at your watch and they're all sort of like, and everything is optimized to help you sleep better, Mm -hmm. right? And people are like, oh my God, that would be so cool. I'm like, well, we're there with most of it. I mean, some some of the APIs are not written yet, but those that's not an act of God to cause that to happen, right? right? That's sort of, you, you see that's the next step that should happen. A couple more sort of high-level questions here. So, so one is, how do you see the marriage between really, really incredible technology to help optimize, optimize health and natural living? You know, because as we move forward, you know, whether you're a Kurtzweilian sort of thinking that we're going to merge with the we're, we're going to merge with the machine here, you know, in another eight years, time's almost here, and we're just going to just become this, this new thing. Or are we going to find a way to live in harmony with the natural seasons of the earth and with, uh, with a connection to the soil in conjunction with this incredible AI that can, that can optimize our health? I just, you know, because you're so involved in it, um, I, wonder, I wonder how you think about that, the natural with the digital. So I think the digital just human beings, (laughs) we we have habits or we do things and sometimes they're not that good, Um, right? There's there's things you should learn about yourself. And I think the data just gives you that feedback to say, "Mm, you know what? That glass of wine at 1030 totally wiped out my deep sleep. Maybe I should avoid that, right? It's, it's sort of getting you in tune with your own body. Um, you know, my, my wife will say stuff like, well, you've got you to gotta understand your body better. I'm like, no, listen, I want data. <laughs> Show me the data and I will, of course, correct. And that, you know, that if you could say that gets me closer to being in the natural rhythm of my own body, great. It's just a, mm. a tool to help me get there. Um, I don't know if we're going to be walking around with implanted sensors for a whole host of reasons like um that company goes out of business who's going to update that sensor yeah um right or something simple like you know like like that um i do think that we will see a broader use of things like crispers um you know in uh, first treating disease but depending on what country you're in you know, it might get used for, for other uh, reasons if it's not already being tested today. But the, the problem with humans will be if something gives you an edge, everybody else has sort of got to jump on the bed. I mean, if you think about kids today and one of them walking around without a phone, they're sort of at a theoretically at a disadvantage mm. according to like society. I mean, there are some businesses that I've started. If it wasn't for the phone and all the technology, it wouldn't have been that easy to get it off the ground and get it going. So you may have to adopt certain things, uh, but I, I have a hard time seeing people for a long time running around with you know something inside of them. At least I haven't seen anything that gives me the warm fuzzy that it's going to have the longevity that you'd like it to have. We're in agreement there. And, and again, 
<clears throat> it was inevitable that this technology would be created. And Neuralink is a really interesting idea, but I think that we're so far away from from that making sense and minimizing harm, you know, for something like that. Um, and at the same time, you know, an amputee with a bionic arm that can control it, you know, but with sensors, just thinking about it, that's, that's, that's cool. I, I just think a lot about um, the balance between digital innovations, data, and living in alignment with a sustainable future and, you know, time outside barefoot for grounding, you know, in addition to, um, you know, cryotherapy later, later in the day, this is a bad example, but um, one thing that you, that you sort of spoke to right there was this term, was this, this thing I think about a lot, which is interoception. Um, you're like your wife saying, Hey, you've, you got to know what's going on in your body. And this yep. is something that we just kept going back to with the folks from Levels, which is, okay, you see three nights in a row that that glass of wine at 1030 disrupts your deep sleep, you know, your glucose shoots up and then falls out and you're just like, you know, going through these turmoils. Um, and, I'm, and I'm curious about how that can lead to positive behavioral changes. Because if you're so connected to the device and so uh, fixated on on the data, well, how can that develop and strengthen your body's ability to say, oh, well, I now know that that 1030 glass of wine doesn't make uh, wake up the next day and I don't feel good. Maybe I can learn from the data to make better behavioral choices and I'm not sure if this is something that you've thought much about or, or, or whether or not it's in the book, but how do you think about AI and tech uh, and all of these devices contributing to better body awareness, to better, to better behaviors? Oh, I, I, told, I mean, absolutely. that's how I'm managing myself is, you know, I mean, I think in the past, had I eating a sandwich, gone back to work and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden got tired. I would have just thought, you know, it's just the afternoon doldrums, right? Um, you look at the data and you're like, ah, no, actually really was that sandwich that I had. Maybe I sh I'll have a salad instead. And then you try that and you now you have energy all the time. Okay, now you get to make the choice. Hmm. If I have that sandwich, I know I'm gonna like, you know, crash maybe I love that sandwich so much that that day I'm willing to crash, but mm -hmm. I know it when I'm doing it as right. opposed to not understanding it. I mean, another example could be, you know, um, you know, there, there's a, uh, uh, an inhaler called the propeller uh, health inhaler that has a GPS chip in it that tracks the weather around you. And it will tell you say, Oh, you're in LA, it's going to be a really smoggy day. I'm not, not to pick on LA, it could be Shanghai, but, you know, take a puff of your inhaler before you go out. Otherwise, it's going to exacerbate your asthma. Wow. Now, I don't care how much you're in tune with your body. Your body's not telling you how much smog is in the air, right? So the technology is sort of saying, warning, you don't want to have an event and end up in the ER. And so that's where it can be, again, you can want to be in tune with yourself, but that's not the tuning that we're 
we can't tell what what's going on in the air. Sure. Oh wow. What's that? What's what did you say that was called? It's the Propeller Health um, uh, inhaler. Wow. And they did a large study that showed that people that were using that, the number of ER visits, you know, dropped, you know, precipitously. And so the system ended up saving a ton of money and the person ended up not going to the ER. So everybody's happy. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a new one on me. That's pretty incredible. With COVID and the focus on immune boosting protocols. Well, maybe that's maybe not even just with immune boosting protocols. You know, what what are you seeing trending now or relevant now? Uh post post covid because of covid things have moved forward at least 5 years faster than they would have through normal time scales right so technology has been adopted or gotten funded that would have taken a long time uh telehealth being one of them you know pre covid telehealth what what is that right and then post covid oh my god where's the telehealth system we we need to interact with our patients now Right now, what I'm seeing is people trying to go backwards, um, restricting telehealth, which I think is a huge, huge mistake. And just more being done from a profit perspective than what's good for patients. Um, the other is we were able to do very large studies on wearables like the Aura Ring or the, or the Apple Watch that were like the Aura Ring was five days before the person felt a change, uh, the temperature was able to, we were able to show a temperature change. And so you could see physiologically something was going on. Hmm. Now, during COVID, the first guess is you probably have the onset of COVID, which most people were being tested and showing up positive. Um, But you could say, well, if my temperature starts changing over time, am I getting sick? Is something going wrong? Maybe I should take it easy. Maybe I should stay home. So these early warning um, technologies, as I'm calling them, really sort of had a chance to do real trials that had Mm. you know the data to show. Because if we tried to do this outside of COVID, how are you going to get that many people to? Yeah, (laughs) you know, you know. I mean, they were already there, so it just sort of happened. because of the situation. Um, and I think we're going to see more and more studies get published post-COVID that are going to show us how these technologies have been working, where they work best, what they can sort of inform you of as, as time goes on. But th- those are the you know, huge benefits that I've seen from um, what happened during COVID. If it was good for anything, hope, you know, hopefully it was good for that to speed up, speed up the process of innovation uh, to battle test it a little bit to see how far we could take some of these uh, some of these measures. Yeah, that's that's great, uh, Harry. What what's your mission? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, other than being a good father and a husband and all the rest of that stuff, um, you know, I guess with the book, it's again, you know, getting the message out, trying to really make a difference to people. I mean, the podcast is the same where I'm. I'm interviewing like the leaders in the field and what's happening in medicine and sort of showing where it's moving the needle. And then through my investing, it's, it's sort of a amalgamation of all that is investing in technologies that um, will really move the needle with 
a patient population or, you know, uh, you know, it has to be profitable, you know, otherwise it's not sustainable, but ultimately it's really having an impact on, on people and, and making them healthier and trying to improve their lives. And I got to be honest with you. I mean, I, it's not a mission, but man, it is so much fun. Yeah. It is so much fun. You know, I am learning something every day. Yeah. Um, and even I look at stuff and I'm like, really? We can do that? <laughs> and so you got to imagine like, you know, it's changing on a rapid, you know, scale. Um, but what a great job. I get to invest in it. I get to research it. I get to help the companies be successful. And in the end, I actually made, you know, what we did made a positive impact on somebody's life. I'm with you there. 362 episodes in, um, you know, I, I get my mind blown like twice a week and, and get to stay, get to stay ahead of the curve. Yeah. I I'm, I'm with you there. What's one question uh, or avenue that we didn't go down that you think would be really helpful uh, and notable to speak out? You know, I think people understanding how quickly these things are moving and that it really is in their best interest to, they don't need to understand it in depth, but just enough that they understand where things are going and how it's going, because it, it literally has a material impact on their health and wellness. Hmm. I think, you know, that, that you, you don't need to understand every last detail, just enough that you understand what's going on. And understand the right questions to ask if you end up in the system hmm. and can advocate for yourself um, or have someone advocate for you hmm. because it's a system. It's a, once you get on the belt, the, you know, the machine runs and you gotta, you gotta be there to sort of ask the right questions and be, you know, your own advocate to get to the best outcome possible. That is that is such a great point. I'm I'm really glad that you mentioned that. You're right. And if you're informed with your own biometric trends, you know what you're sensitive to. You've got your own data. You can bring it in and say, "Hey, this is kind of what's going on for me." Um, and if you end up in the hospital or you end up doing some sort of treatment, I, I think that's really really important. And and we saw a lot of a lot of missteps with COVID. And one of the biggest deals, my issues is that we didn't talk about therapeutics, like such a battle when it comes to um, ways that we can boost our immune system um, through supplementation or monoclonal antibodies and so forth. It's still just muddied the waters. And so if you, if you know how to ask the right questions at the right time, uh, you're going to do yourself a huge favor. I think that that's a really great point. Uh, you kind of answered the last question, but that's okay. I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, th this is uh, a fill in the blank question that I ask all my guests, and this can be based on anything that you know. Uh, doesn't specific. It can be whatever you've learned in your life, um, and you can elaborate as much or as little as you wish. Uh, but please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing. Uh them themselves and i don't mean that just from a health perspective i think that old old saying of know thyself um 
you know, after looking at all these AI systems and everything like that, I don't think people fully appreciate how easily they can be manipulated. And if you know yourself really well, you know when you're being harangued and jerked and your buttons are being pushed. And so you can take more control over it. I think besides your health, know how your buttons get pushed and your brain works because whether you like to believe it or not, somebody's out there pushing them or figuring out how to push them. And so that's what I would say would be the biggest takeaway that I would take from this. Oh, that's huge. What a great answer. This week I've had so many great answers to that last question. That was really well stated and, and unique. I, I don't don't hear that that response very often. Um, well, tell people where they can get the book or where they where they can follow you on social. Where would you want to send them on the internet? Uh, so uh, the book is on Amazon, The Future You, and just my last name, Glorikian, and it'll it'll be the first one to pop up. Very simple. Um, and then uh, if they want to find my website, it's www glorikian.com g-l-o-r-i-k-i-a-n.com and my other books will be there and you know my podcast and everything will be on that on that web page uh, well, give us the name of the podcast it's the harry glorikian show so there you go. um excellent well this has been a really great conversation uh, it's been it's been both broad and specific and i picked up a couple of new ideas and um, it's just been a really, uh, a great pleasure. Harry Glorikian, thank you so much for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thank you so much for having me.